0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 69 with Dan Baum. Uh, We recorded this one uh, in person at Dan's office at Anne Arundel Community College. They have a nice setup there, which they've uh, established for their very own podcast, Redefine You, which you'll find linked in the show notes. Uh, Definitely go check that out as they're getting started and get uh, get them some support. Uh, Just really appreciated talking about uh, uh, their work getting that started and uh, all the great stuff that's going on down there at Anne Arundel uh, Community College. Uh, it was so nice to be back on a campus again and uh, just be welcomed into that space. So I uh, really enjoyed talking with Dan. I uh, covered a lot of good stuff, shared a lot of good resources of what he is uh, geeking out about right now. So definitely connect with that. And uh, yeah, just appreciate you listening. And without further ado, this is episode number 69 with Dan Baum. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me here on the uh, beautiful campus here, Anne Arundel Community College. Uh, This is for everyone listening, if it maybe sounds different, this is an in-person episode, which I'm very grateful to do. I don't get to do it super often, so thank you so much for hosting us here. Yeah, thanks Um, for coming here. Yeah, so um, we'll start off as we always do if you just want to give an introduction of who you are and your professional journey of how you got to be where you are today.
1: I'm Dan Baum, Executive Director of Strategic Communications here at Anne Arundel Community College. I've been here about eight years. But I've been in the profession of marketing communications for eh, thirty plus. Yeah. So how did I get here? Well, actually, going back, like a lot of people in this profession, it's a little bit of a cliche for copywriters and account managers to have a novel in the drawer.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was very much interested in writing fiction and and drama playwriting, and then you get out of school and find you got to pay the bills. Um, I did find myself on a political campaign and then later in Washington at a trade association in the communications department. I I found I really liked liked that work but I didn't Mm want to be in the political arena. And I had an opportunity to work for an agency and that gave me an opportunity to work with a variety of different clients, lots of different types of work. And that's really where I cut my teeth. And so since then I've worked in pretty much every sector. I've been in the private sector, I've worked for Nonprofits, I work for government agencies. Most of it in the social sectors or, or so, social causes. Right. Most of it higher ed, such as US Department of Ed, federal student aid, or nonprofits that provide ongoing education for different careers. So n- now at the community college, I realize that I am working with or serving every audience I've served in the past, mm-hmm. traditional age and younger, career changers, up to seniors. It's just under one roof, and it's my community. And that, I think, is for me, that's the most rewarding part is that I get to see the direct impact of the work we do on our community.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, I guess I'm curious, was it like, a deliberate choice for anything that you were doing in terms of like marketing work that happened to relate to education or was it like sort of like critical mass eventually like oh wow you know what I like I enjoy this like I don't know how much it was like an active choice or just happenstance or just sort of how that kind of guided you through your professional journey up to this point the first
1: active choice was agency I wanted the variety and I knew someone who had worked in an agency and could give me a an idea of what it would entail and how to position myself so that was the first thing but one of my bigger clients was an educational organization. Mm. And that kind of started that journey. So that's when it became apparent, hey, I really like this subject. I love to learn. I'm very curious. I'm all about growth and development. And so that was a little more happenstance, but then it became a deliberate choice of this is what I like to do.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Um, Well, in terms of like, yeah, I guess the education space kind of like resonating with you and all that, is there, and it's just a question I always like to ask, Everybody on the podcast of like anything from your own college experience that feels like it really continues to resonate throughout all the different things that you've done or people that you've met or anything like that because obviously that's sort of like the the impact anybody in higher ed hopes to have is just like you know being a mentor or um, having a certain experience like helping to nurture those sort of things. So is there anything that you think of still that kind of is like a kind of a north star for you in the work that you do still or a connection that you made or?
1: I think it's the idea of lifelong learning and curiosity. Mm. I went to a unique college, it's called Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, which has a philosophy of uh, the students taking a lot more ownership of their learning and crafting the direction of their learning and that has stayed with me ever since I, like I said, I'm very curious and so I just want to explore what I want to explore. Mm. And that's one interesting thing about this field is marketing communications is always changing and always challenging you to learn new things, particularly in an environment like this at a community college, we have so much information. When I first got here, I thought, this is like drinking from a fire hose. But if you're curious and you know where to go and get the information, that's what my my mentor, my boss at the agency was a former journalist, and he used to say, I don't have to know everything, I just have to know where to get the answers. Mm and that was the case in the agency environment is you have to ramp up really fast you have a client come in you know nothing about their field you have to learn very quickly and that served me well here but i really learned it in college is that how do i grasp this quickly how do i understand we used to refer to as the mode of inquiry of that particular profession how do they what lens are they looking through that has stuck with me ever
0: since yeah yeah that's awesome yeah because i know it's, it's sometimes You know, I I sort of frame the question that way because some people it is just like, oh, I met my like mentor I've known for decades, you know, like, and that's awesome. And then also really interesting when it's kind of those just sort of like the critical thinking or just things where it's like, oh, yeah, it's a little bit more nebulous, but just being like comfortable with ambiguity or just, yeah, like very curious or really, uh, sort of, yeah, pursuant of lifelong learning, like, even just those values that can be nurtured in college. It's always just really cool to see again, see how people take the question and just to hear those sort of things. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of does, uh, you know, you gave kind of a full overview of your uh, career journey into where you are now and kind of what resonates with you about this work and stuff. So I guess anything else that comes to mind in terms of, I guess maybe we can bring in a little bit, I guess, of what what brought me here in terms of like kind of like exploring podcasting and the things like that, of just like with your current work now, like what is uh, really keeping you engaged, keeping you inspired, motivated, and those sort of things, like what do you enjoy most about your, your current work now?
1: Well, the profession itself is constantly... Challenging, as as I said before, you have you really have to keep up. The technology is changing, the approaches and strategies are changing, and you are always presented with a challenge. And that's one of the things that has always gotten me up in the morning. But at this point in my career, as I've taken on more administrative roles, at this point I think I've probably held every title you can hold, (laughs) up to from from account coordinator up to president and executive director. I have less and less of the day-to-day creative input than earlier in my career. And it's actually a little bit the way I think you describe the birth of your podcast Mm -hmm. is kind of a convergence of different things. So for me, it was saying, what's my creative contribution? And I thought, well, I love to learn. I'm curious. We have a wealth of information here. I'm personally drawn to stories of transformation. So what if we did a podcast? I love podcasts, I've always enjoyed radio. My parents grew up in the radio era, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we listened to a lot of radio when I was younger, and I feel like podcasts are reviving the art of radio. Mm-hmm. So what if we did that? And when I presented that to the team, I basically said, so is this a pet project of mine? We have plenty going on, we don't need to do this, or is this within our mission? Is it within our wheelhouse? Would it be challenging? creative etc etc and they said no they're, they're all in so right now that's one thing that gets me up in the morning I yeah. find it really engaging I, I love speaking to people about their respective disciplines I love hearing stories of transformation but I love working with this team coming up with ways to make this happen we said early on it's like it was like being in a band we're, we're getting that band started right, right. <laughs> um, what are we going to play yeah. you know, how's it, what's our sound So that's been, that's been fun. The other thing is when you, when you lead a team and you have the opportunity to present, to provide opportunities for other people, help them stretch and grow. That's always rewarding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been an avid podcast fan for the, Uh, several years at you know hosting shows and just listen to a lot of stuff and just like I get just even it in itself like being a platform to share other people's stories and just like I mean you're creating content that can help achieve other goals and that kind of thing and I talk to a lot of people who are curious about starting shows it's I'm just also glad to hear of like going into it in a very thoughtful way and just it being a way to um yeah just diversify kind of your work and like you know maybe scratch different itches for different people if they're like wanting to get different kind of experiences, you can kind of come to your team and, like you said, not have it just be like, well, this is my pet product, like, it's all for me or whatever, you know, it's just like, yeah, let's bring everybody in to, like, really help make sure it's a quality product and achieving goals and that kind of stuff.
1: Well, sure, everything we do is going to have strategy yeah. to it, but a number of years ago, as a team, we identify what we consider our team values. Mm-hmm. So... We- I might use one word and you might use another, but if we can agree on this word, that, that's our values. And one of those is impact. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that what we do has impact, but another is fun, and another is creative, and another is collaborative. So this one checked every box. This was gonna be fun and collaborative and creative, and we just had to ask ourselves, is it gonna have the impact that we think it could have? Fingers crossed on that one, right, we're, right. we're still waiting on that, but we we feel that if you tell an honest, authentic story and provide quality information, there will be people that are interested in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah, even then, it's just like, I listen to so many podcasts and it's like, maybe I don't listen to every single episode, but it's like, it's in my feed, I'm checking it out, you know, and those sort of things. So yeah, it's just more space for, for more stories. I'm just like always a fan of, so I appreciate you uh, jumping in with that. Um, and so I guess if it, if it relates to I like think you said being like a podcast fan or just like into like, you know, radio, audio production, that kind of stuff. Like, what are you geeking out about right now? If it is like professionally related to your job or just stuff that you do for fun, like that you've always done or more stuff that you're getting into, like that's new to you. But um, yeah, like what's grabbing your attention? Like, what are you geeking out about right now?
1: Well, the podcast is definitely, but you know, I think for me, what the team is geeking out about, then I naturally mm. geek out about. So, like Jeremiah, who is our media specialist, and is the producer for the podcast. When he edits something a certain way, or if we're doing a video, and he says, so I'm trying to time the music on the beat of what's going on on screen, and then we all kind of freak out about that, like, oh, that's so (laughs) fantastic. Um, One of the things recently, this is a good example of how the profession's always changing. For so many years, TV spots were 30 seconds. That's the industry standard. Now we're down to 15 seconds, people's attention span, which is a little ironic as we're talking for 30 to 45 minutes right, of right. content, but, yeah. but certain formats, people just don't have the attention span. Right. And so one of the newest things, which is driven largely by YouTube and Hulu and other streaming services, are these six-second bumper ads. A lot of times it's pre-roll, as you pull up your video, it precedes it, sometimes it's bookends, it's at the end. And we've thought, well, what a great challenge. How are we gonna do something interesting in six seconds? Well, our ad campaign uh, for the past few years is Redefine Yourself. That's why people come here. We're here to help them transform their lives. So Jeremiah did time-lapse of all these different things that we do at the college. We have a professor painting a painting, and then it says Redefine Yourself at the end. We have a culinary student decorate a cake, and at the end it says Redefine Yourself. We have this really cool uh, mechatronics program here, so Mm. the faculty and the students there built this sand table it's automated and it creates these mandalas with this magnet they reprogrammed it to spell out redefine yourself so through time lapse we're able to condense all of that down in six seconds and it's so cool yeah that's the type of stuff we geek out about yeah we get really excited about stuff like
0: yeah we're because it's like if you have like a really specific sort of like structure or kind of mandate it's like we've got to do something on brand commercial video six seconds like go okay and then it's like because i know like film festivals and stuff like they do that where it's like you've got to make a whole movie in like 24 hours right and it's just like okay like really specific sort of structure can like create really cool things like really unique
1: sometimes stuff. that yeah. yields the yeah. the greatest yeah. creativity and I also believe no inspiration like a deadline. So when you when you put those together, here's a certain constraint and a, a deadline, you get some real creative inspiration. Before. Yeah, that
0: I, the the thing my my brain always goes to is like you have to kind of like give yourself a sandbox kind of thing because otherwise it's like the entire universe of possibilities is like whatever you could do and then there's no deadline and no one. It's just like sure, okay, yeah, maybe you will end up creating something in three years that was, like, amazing and, like, you know, so great, but it's, like, yeah, a deadline and structure and, like, you know, those sort of things. And know. a budget. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like, and that's, like, the reality of the world, because I think, like, like you said, I mean, and I guess I'm curious if, you know, because I think for me, my brain's going to a lot of stuff, but, like, I, growing up, like, you know, it's, like, what do you want to be when you grow up as, like, author, that sort of thing, of, like, a lot of people maybe have an idea specifically for a novel they don't want to write, I never like wrote anything uh, specifically, but I think there was like a core of um, that that now is like I blog and do different things. So it's like if um, yeah, like you have sort of like a core of always wanting to do something or having this project that's always been like in the drawer or whatever. And like it's like well, yeah, maybe that thing, but maybe there's also something so that you can actually create content and put something out into the world it's like well maybe you can manifest in a different way like you said like well people can listen to audio that's maybe a little bit longer than they would be willing to watch for a video you know because it could be like oh i have like i'm confining myself by something but also like it's missing so i think there's usually just like a triangle of like you know time budget and different things like that but it's like like you've completely ignored time like you have like maybe an idea of what you want to do and what it would take to do that but you're just like perpetually putting it off or something so it's like okay well let's bring that back in i'm just like well you could create something else in this amount of time and it's like you know maybe be cheaper or whatever i don't know so it's like my brain's thinking of all those things because i know it's just talking to a lot of people and seeing people either are thinking about creating things or um i don't know are trying to create that like it's just Making sure you kind of put it's a the answer I think is like you have to put all of those components of the structure. It's like time, budget, and like I don't know, like a plan. I guess
1: quality is usually yeah. the other one. Yeah. It's an illusion to think that there aren't going to be constraints. And when I right. when I envisioned myself as this writer, it was with this dream that there are no constraints. There are always constraints, and I it took me a while to recognize that within the profession I'm in, it has all the constraints that I actually thrive in. I used to enjoy assignments in school because it had those constraints. I usually rose to the occasion, and when I was given total liberty, that was a lot more intimidating and a lot harder. So when you have the constraints of quality, time, and money, usually, at least in my experience, you produce something that you're, you're proud of, um, which I struggled with and still struggle with because I still write plays and, and things. And the, the one I wrote most recently my wife, who works in an uh, elementary school, wanted to do a play for the fourth graders, but she was concerned that all of the, the entire class, all 30, would want to be in it, and how is she gonna have the rights to a, a, like a Disney or something? And I said, well, I'll write you something. Um, and she's like, but I need it in like two weeks. Okay, so I banged it out over the weekend, <laughs> So um, I, think, I think there's great value in, having the, in, in recognizing that we always have some constraints. Yeah.
0: Because I guess, yeah, I forgot the quality being the last one, like, because recognizing if it's like, yeah, I produced something over the weekend, it's like, yeah, it's not going to be the next, like, Tony Award winning thing, but right. it's like, it's exactly. something, it's there, it's done, and it can be shared with the world. Sometimes or, good or, enough well. is good enough. That Yeah, that's, because that was, like, the key, I guess, for that, where what I was looking for is, yeah, like, kind of done is better than perfect kind of thing, because, like, I think that people, if they have this sort of, like, huge kind of imaginative aspiration of what they want to create, it's like, well, it can never be that good, so why would I even try? It's like, well, sure, I mean, it's kind of shoot for the moon kind of thing and at least like you know you'll get close or whatever but um yeah it's just interesting to me yeah because I think I've worked in creating stuff consistently and trying to do really the best quality I can within those constraints and also just like having a very humble budget and stuff too but it's like I know that people listen to it and have like you know it has a positive impact and it's allowed for me to meet a lot of great people and not yeah like holding myself back because of those things but
1: I think it's important to know what your bar is. For us, being at a community college, it's very, very important that our quality be extremely high because we know, and as you know from one of your interviews of the, the stigma of community colleges, and we want to refute that with everything we do. So we want to make sure that what we produce and anything that's coming out of the college is of very high quality. We know that's the case on the academic side. They want academic excellence, and they strive for that every day. So we want to match that or exceed it to the best of our ability so that people, it doesn't feed into that stigma.
0: Yeah, for sure. We'll link out to that episode I did uh, on community college stigma. It was a really good one. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was a good one.
0: But um, I guess, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that is, um, like any other, like the hobbies or just anything you'd want to maybe like name drop in terms of things that you're reading, watching, listening to, just so we can continue to share out like a lot of good resources?
1: Well, you know, what I listen to tends to be I kind of jockey back and forth between those things I find intellectually stimulating and challenging, and those that are just kind of an entertainment and guilty yeah, pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So for the former, I I really like Hidden Brain. That I find to be a, a very interesting podcast. I also like one called On Being. Uh, the host is uh, Krista Tippett, and the guests that she has, which tend to be either on the spiritual side or on the scientific. They're really talking about the essence of, of life and humanity and being. I find that really fascinating. Any interviews of interesting people that might be something like Fresh Air, it might be Alec Baldwin interviewing people. Uh, if, if, the, if the topic is engaging, I'm in, Malcolm Gladwell, Ted, all that sort of stuff. On the guilty pleasure side, there's a podcast called Off Book, which is two people who improvise a musical in 30 minutes. I find it hilarious. There's another one called Men in Blazers, which are two expatriates um, from Britain who just talk soccer. I love soccer. And I think they're really funny. So things like that.
0: Things like that. Yeah. I, I think Hidden Brain is one of, like still in like the top five of like, it's interesting seeing over time asking people like what they're listening to. There's some, which are obviously like they're, always in like i mean that was popular in the country but just seeing like the type of people i like interview just like what kind of stands out to them so it's like a a fun little game like that and like um how i built this is like another very popular one and yeah yeah, i think it's it is similarly like a lot of those i don't like exclusively subscribe to but i'll be like checking them to be like oh who's the guy because like i'm like oh my gosh i really want to listen to that one because it's a really interesting topic versus it just always kind of coming in but
1: I tend to read in the same way yeah. uh, kind of go back and forth between oh this seems really interesting from a work perspective or or intellectually challenging and this is a piece of fiction I'm really dying to read so I kind of go back and forth in a similar way yeah and
0: it, it came up to me again recently because I was like looking at a book and I'm like oh I feel like I want to read that but it is probably low on the sort of like kind of pecking order of like I watch movies and TVs so like I take it very seriously of like oh I gotta finish this I gotta watch this thing and then like I have like books on my kindle that I'm just like like oh, I still gotta get to that I just haven't got to it recently but yeah like podcasts I listen to a lot um so that's almost just like the habit of consuming and just like being like really thoughtful about it like I yeah I'm not I'll buy books and then i like not reading them or reading half of them or not like committing time to it but um so I think we got those things um and I guess anything else, I mean, um, in terms of like your your hobbies and different things like that, I guess, because I, I sometimes don't ask this like explicitly, but I, I'd want to, I guess I'm curious for like, it sounds like you're into a lot of different things, What I appreciate is kind of the geeky sort of personality of like any of these things, like, because I think playwriting, soccer, just like doing all this different stuff. What do you feel like that kind of mosaic of things that you're into? Like, how do they positively contribute to your life? Like any little anecdotes, I guess, of just like, you know what value they bring.
1: Storytelling is one. I I believe in the power of story, and so I've just always been drawn to storytelling in all kinds of media. One is live theater. I I just love live theater. I think if you can tell a powerful story in that way, my wife and I this summer went up to Canada. There's a festival called the Shaw Festival in Ontario, a little town called Niagara-on-the-Lake. We learned about it 15 years ago, and we've been saying, oh, we should go to that festival sometime, so we we finally went this year. we have two kids, a, a boy and a girl, and they're both very much into theater and, and did a lot of theater. My son's now in college. My daughter's a junior in high school. So as a family, we'll see a lot of theater. And of course, we've, we've done the Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen and all that stuff. So we do that as a family. So I think that's part of it is storytelling brings people together, and there's a lot to be learned through stories. So that's, that's one thing. For me, sports... And the other interests I have are really around leadership and team. Uh, I just finished reading 11 Rings, which is by Phil Jackson, who was the longtime coach of the Bulls and and then the L.A. Lakers. And I've always been fascinated by his leadership style because it's just very counter to what you think of with a testosterone-filled professional sports. He's just very mellow and zen and, it, and s- describes it very much that way. And I'm fascinated by how he brought these incredible talents and egos together to work as a team. So I tend to draw inspiration from from those sources for me as a leader, and then also community and team building, which are very important here and, and just something I value very much. So that's kind of what I look for. I, the other thing is um, with the redefine, which was intentional because of what what we do here at the college, I've come to realize that's a life philosophy. And that is one that I embraced very young and that's so important to me. I now realize a lot of times the stories I'm drawn to are ones of transformation. I'm, I'm currently reading Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, which his his memoir of how he became a chef and it's raw. I think is probably what people mean by um, muscular writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just fascinated by it so i'm drawn to that as well
0: and that's what i like i mean just again loving how like people talk about their hobbies and like because i think certain things maybe it's like the idea of like a guilty pleasure of certain things people are into or just like yeah it's just kind of like mindless kind of just you know because i think like reality shows it's like you know some people take them like very seriously as entertainment but it's like you're usually kind of like shallow and that's the point and it's nice to kind of just like you know check your brain in the door and just watch like something where it's just like oh my god you know this is like crazy whatever um but yeah just like the kind of deep meaning and value that people can get from their hobbies whether it's something that and I guess for most of the things like even if it's just something for yourself and your own fulfillment that can be great but from what you're saying how it also helps you how you interact with other people like your team at work or like doing something with your family and um, all that kind of stuff so um yeah so that's, that's really cool yeah just seeing like the. They have very unique kind of, um, outcomes for you, but, um, yeah, and I guess you can, um, sort of end on the optimistic note. that I always like to uh, wrap things up on of just anything or things that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and, or the world.
1: I'm generally an optimist, so I could name all kinds of things, um, family paramount for me. So I'm very optimistic about the direction of the, where my, my kids are going and, and as a family, um, but i would say so the first thing i would be optimistic about professionally the podcast i'm i'm hopeful somebody's going to listen to it and somebody's going to find meaning in it so but i'm particularly optimistic about the team's ability to uh, evolve it and and find those compelling stories and subject matter experts to talk to so i'm i'm definitely optimistic about that the work that we do here at the college and this is not unique to us there's many colleges embarking on this but the, the equity work that we're doing and Striving to close achievement gaps, that I think is, as our VP of Learning has described, a moral imperative, and I truly believe that, and I think that we're doing great work, and and I'm very optimistic about the direction that we're going in. Uh, And one thing I didn't mention that I don't think there are other community colleges doing, at least I don't know of any. We may be the only one. We provide coaching training for faculty and staff, which is... Life coaching, or some people would think of it as leadership coaching, we call it engagement coaching. And it the skills that you develop in that. I went through the, I guess we'll call the inaugural class, the inaugural group. I've taken a lot of professional development in my career, a lot of training over the years. This is by far the most impactful, most beneficial, it, I've, on a professional and a personal level. And so I'm extremely optimistic about that. I'd like to think that's making me a better leader and coworker, I hope a better husband and parent, maybe better human being, I don't know. The work (laughs) that, that we're doing here, we've now trained, I think 100 and, I wanna say 130 faculty and staff so that that ripple effect going out and the impact on students, and now we're taking that out into the community and coaching and providing training for public school teachers. I'm extremely optimistic about the impact of that. I think that has enormous power and I'm very hopeful. Uh, You know, you put that with the equity work, considering that we are in a world right now where so much of the conversations are antagonistic and we're really working hard to have meaningful, authentic dialogue around important subjects that can move our community forward, I'm very optimistic about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, yeah, just it for one, just sounds like, I mean, an amazing benefit for people that work here. Like you said, I mean, like, that's just something that can be, they will kind of take in and then take with them, whether they stay here or go anywhere else. But then, um just again, that kind of public mission of public institutions of higher education that you're just like, all right, well, like, who else wants in? Like, let's open it up and share it out and just really continue to, um, spread that out because obviously you would hope that through training faculty, staff and whomever at the institution, you know, as many students in the community would come in and be kind of positively impacted by that, but yeah, not eliminating it to just that and really offering it up, it just, I mean, that's really If you think
1: about the many connections that each of us has and the ripple effect, and I just see how the relationships I have here at the college, how much deeper they are as a result of this coaching training, and then taking that out in the community for me personally and then others who are doing the same and see that ripple effect that's exciting
0: yeah yeah i mean um definitely helps to sort of solidify like the optimism i think of just like helping people to better work together kind of thing you know like that's i mean i'm always just going to be a a kind of time well spent uh, you know to facilitate those sort of coaching relationships and stuff so um yeah that's really exciting and um, yeah I'm excited to to see you know what comes of your podcast and everything too and just that you're you're diving in with it and um, you know we'll have links to the things that we mentioned ways to connect with uh, uh, you and the institution and everything and to check out the podcast so um, yeah again thank you so much for for hosting us and for taking time out and for sharing all that you did and
1: uh, it's been a privilege thank you for allowing me to share all this with you and for your podcast as well
0: yeah I love just like hanging out with other people who podcast because I feel it's just like the respect for the audio integrity and just all of the, It's, it's great. So, um, always a, always a good time for me. So thank you so much. All right. well, thanks for coming down here too. This podcast is part of the connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at ConnectEDU pod or at connect Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.